0: and welcome to the Let's Start Thriving podcast. I'm your host, Julia Taranzak, and I'm a life coach and a yoga instructor who helps anxious and ambitious achievers break through the barriers that are preventing them from reaching their greatest heights. My mission is to empower you to heal and grow so that you can really start thriving. If you're ready to overcome your challenges, let go of what's holding you back from success and live life on your terms, then you've come to the right place. No matter your upbringing, I believe that you are worthy to feel amazing, love yourself unconditionally, excel in your career, and cultivate thriving relationships. Let's dive in. Hello, and welcome to episode number three of the Let's Start Thriving podcast. Today, we're going to be diving into a topic that is very near and dear to my heart, which is how to tame your inner critic. If you're unaware of what your inner critic is, it's that voice that might be in the back of your head whispering things like, you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, you aren't capable of doing these things. Oh, these people over there are going to judge you if you do something wrong. In the work environment, it may show up as, If I miss this deadline, I'm going to get fired. If I screw up this presentation, my colleagues are going to think I'm dumb. Or maybe I can't start this project until I have everything perfect, and everything ready to go. It's that voice within our head that is essentially telling us all these things and criticizing us. And maybe it's even motivating us to get things done in time or to do things in a very efficient manner. And I myself used to really struggle with my inner critic, especially three years ago When I was first diagnosed with complex PTSD, I didn't realize that one of the biggest symptoms that I was really struggling with was having an inner critic that was running rampant. And this is something that is very unique to complex PTSD, and it just leads to such a low self-esteem, so much inaction, so much analysis paralysis. And at this time, three years ago, I was working as an insurance broker, so I was working with a lot of HR leaders, sometimes the CFO or the CEO of the company, depending what size the company was. And I'd be in all these Zoom meetings with them and just feeling so much pressure, just not feeling good enough and judging my presentations. And it took a lot of time and a lot of work learning so many different tools to learn how to tame that voice within my head. And a lot of those tools I'll be sharing with you today. And some of these things are what helped me really learn how to tame that voice within my head. And it helped me to start to love teaching yoga again. My inner critic ruined how it was when I first started teaching yoga five years ago. It was always judging me, telling me people didn't like my classes. And now I've loved getting back into teaching and guiding students again. It's helped give me the confidence to actually change the trajectory of my career and start my own business and to let go of all the social anxiety that I used to have. And so I'm going to give you a few different tools today so you can learn how to tame that voice and start living with much more compassion and much more confidence moving forward. And so as we begin, I want you to envision someone that inspires you. Whether this is a family member, maybe it's a celebrity, maybe it's a business leader or an athlete, whoever that is, start to envision that person in your mind and know that whoever you envisioned, they also have an inner critic as well. An inner critic is something that every single one of us have, and the biggest difference is that some of these people have learned how to tame that voice within their head so that they can start doing the things that they really want to do. And so it's so important to understand that the inner critic comes from a compilation of all the voices that we heard growing up, whether this was from our parents or our siblings or society or maybe the bullies that were around us when we were growing up in school, It's come from all the things that we heard growing up that maybe we weren't good enough, we weren't smart enough, we weren't pretty enough, we weren't skinny enough. All those things that you start to hear start to come together towards this voice that is known as your inner critic. And the good thing is that you are able to tame that voice within your head. It doesn't have to be running rampant. It doesn't have to be there all the time. It is possible to learn how to acknowledge it and to give it its own different role and to start thriving in whatever you want to do. And so the first thing that we're going to do is to set an intention because your intentions are so incredibly powerful. They set the trajectory for the rest of your day. They really provide that sense of direction for where your day is going to go, how your meetings are going to go or how your workday is going to go. And they are so important. An analogy that I love to use is if you imagine a plane flying from San Diego all the way to New York, And let's say at takeoff, that plane is off by one degree and it never course corrects. That plane's not going to land anywhere close to New York. It's actually going to land in Philadelphia, which is about two hour drive away from New York. And it's kind of that reminder that if you don't set an intention at the beginning of your day or before a presentation, before an important meeting then you don't really have a sense of direction. There isn't really that guidance for where your energy is going to go, and you might steer yourself off course. And over time, this can really compound, and this can really take you away from where you really want to go. And I'm gonna pull my bio degree out right now, but one of the reasons why your intentions are so important is because within your brain, you have your reticular activating system, also known as the RAS, the RAS, and this is the part of your brain that filters your emotions, except for your sense of smell, between your conscious mind and your subconscious mind. So, your conscious mind is basically the things that you're currently aware of. It's the thoughts that you're aware of, your senses that you're currently aware of. Your subconscious mind is all the stuff that's going on underneath the surface that you may not be aware of. And so, what's so important about this, and one way to kind of see it in action, is let's say you're thinking about buying a blue car. So you wake up in the morning, you log on to AutoTrader, you're searching around all these blue cars around your neighborhood or wherever you want to purchase from, and you're happy with your homework, you shut your laptop down, and let's say you wanna go on a walk. So you go on a morning stroll around your neighborhood. You may start to notice more blue cars around you. That doesn't necessarily mean that there really are more blue cars than there were the day before. It just means that you're starting to become more aware of that. And why this is so important is because there's a chance that your inner critic may essentially be that gatekeeper for how you're seeing and experiencing the world around you. So a couple different examples of this. Back when I was first teaching yoga back in 2019, I used to love teaching yoga at first. It was so empowering, so amazing. And then my inner critic started taking a hold of it. And when I was teaching, it was looking for pieces of evidence of why students weren't liking my classes, why they wouldn't want to come back. And so it would essentially look around the room, and then whenever it would see someone having an RBF, which most people do, yoga is pretty intense; they're trying to keep it together. Whenever it would see this RBF, it would already start running this dialogue in my mind of, "Ooh, this person doesn't like this class. They think you suck. They don't think you're doing a really good job." And it would just be going crazy. Same when I was on my Zoom calls with these HR leaders or the CFOs or the CEOs. This was during the pandemic, so meetings were all done over Zoom. There was really no body language that I could read because when you're looking at a Zoom screen, you kind of only get to see part of a person's face and not much else. So as I was giving these presentations, my inner critic was looking for evidence of why I wasn't doing good enough, why these leaders weren't liking my presentation and it was looking for every little piece of evidence that I could get for why I wasn't doing well. And that is so exhausting when you're constantly having this thing running in the back of your mind, looking for evidence and reasons of why you aren't good enough. It's so important to actually set an intention before you get into one of those meetings, before maybe you're leading a workout class or whatever it may be, to look for pieces of evidence of why people are actually enjoying what you're doing, why you actually are doing a good job. And so for this moment, I would love for you to set an intention for the rest of your day, the rest of your evening. And this intention can look different for each and every single one of you. A few different prompts that you might want to ask yourself are, how do i want to feel at the end of my day at the end of my presentation at the end of this meeting what would i like to accomplish by the end of the day what's something that i can do today to make today a great day just by asking yourself some of these questions will kind of already set that intention for what you like the day to look like and what you would like to achieve by the end of the day and so now that you've got an intention you've got that ready The next step is to really start to meet your inner critic and start to get to know it, start to recognize it. And the important thing to know is that your inner critic is not you. It is just a small part of you. And it's so important to learn how to differentiate that part from your own self. And my favorite way to do this is by giving your inner critic its own separate identity, an identity that you won't take as seriously And so one thing that I've done with my inner critic is I've given it the name of a bully from when I was younger. Someone that I don't necessarily like respect that much. Like when I think of them now, I don't really respect their opinion. They're not someone that I would care about. I'd still be, you know, kind to them if I saw them, but I wouldn't really care much for them. And when you do this, it helps differentiate that voice from your own self. So when you recognize it, you acknowledge it and say, oh, okay, here's that bully bob or Whatever that name you want to give your inner critic. I've heard so many different variations. I've heard of Bully Bob, which is one of my favorites. Um, you can even give it like Darth Vader if you love Star Wars. You can give it Sauron if you're a Lord of the Rings fan. Maybe you name it Thanos or Loki. You can give it whatever name you want. You can even imagine it as something that maybe you don't like or that you don't care about as much, like a clown or something silly. Something that you can easily differentiate and acknowledge outside of your own self. And that way, when you notice your inner critic coming up, you can say, oh, you know what? It's just Jimmy. It's just Bully Bob. This isn't me. This isn't actually what's going on. And helping do that helps just give you a little bit more of that separation and helps to acknowledge that voice and gives you that opportunity to quiet it down. So we've already gone ahead. We've set an intention for our day, our meeting, whatever you're looking for. We've met our inner critic. The next thing to understand is why your inner critic is there and what it's trying to do. And chances are your inner critic is just trying to protect you. And it's trying to protect you from multiple things, but there's three that I'm going to highlight today. First one is change. The other one is shame. And the last one is failure. So looking at change, change is really scary. It's actually something that as humans... Tend to really avoid because change means that we can go into the unknown and the unknown is scary. Our bodies already understand the environments that we're in. It already got acclimated to them. It's gotten used to them. And so anything that's different just tends to be a little scary. So if you've ever had a friend who maybe was in a relationship or maybe they were working in a job that they couldn't stand and they were constantly complaining to you about their relationship or their job, and they weren't even taking the action or considering leaving the relationship or leaving this job. And chances are they were doing that because that change would be a little too scary for them. It's going into that unknown. It's uncomfortable. They don't even want to consider that. Most people typically won't change until their current situation is so uncomfortable that they'll finally make that effort to leave. And they finally learn how to break through those messages that their inner critic is telling them about avoiding that change and staying in the same place that they already are. So change is one aspect. And the second aspect that we touched on is shame. Shame is a really painful emotion that us humans don't want to experience. We really want to avoid And sometimes our inner critic will shame us so that we don't get any kind of unexpected shame from anyone else. So it's almost using it as like a protective mechanism so that we don't get thrown off if someone else shames us, especially when it's unexpected. That is so painful, almost traumatic in a sense as well. So it's already trying to protect us by just shaming us beforehand. And that last aspect is it's trying to also protect us from failure. So a lot of us, myself included, I used to really struggle with releasing my inner critic because my inner critic kept me motivated. It especially kept me motivated when I was working on deadlines or when I was getting ready for any meetings because it was always telling me, if you don't do a good job, if you don't prep enough, you're going to get fired or you're going to look dumb. People are going to think you're stupid. So it would go off on this huge rant. It would honestly, it was my sense of motivation at the time. And it's so important to understand that when our inner critic is trying to protect us, it helps us also use the sense of compassion. It helps us be able to see our inner critic in a much different light and a much different kind of standpoint. And when we see this, that's where we can learn how to extend a little bit of compassion and a little bit of grace for inner critic and remind it, hey, you know what, Bully Bob, I've got this, I know what I'm doing, but thank you so much for trying to protect me, but I can do this. The other aspect is yes, it's important to have that compassion for your inner critic, but it's even more important to have that compassion for yourself. And if self-compassion doesn't feel natural, that's okay. As humans, we're all born with this negativity bias that's wired within ourselves to keep us safe and to protect us from harm. This was especially so true when you looked at hunter-gatherers, when these people were going out, they're outside of their village, they're hunting, they're gathering, they're doing their thing, it was so important for them to realize and understand where the dangers were. So let's say they're out in the wilderness, it was much more important for them to notice if there was going to be a bear or a mountain lion in their path rather than acknowledge all the beauty that's already surrounding them. And especially for someone who's gathering, it was much more important for them to remember which berries were poisonous or which mushrooms were poisonous over the ones that are going to be delicious and good to eat. And this is almost a safety mechanism for us. And this is why, let's say if you've ever posted something on social media and you had nine comments that were telling you how amazing and beautiful you are, and then you got one negative comment, one critical comment, Chances are you probably latched onto that comment for the rest of your day. Maybe you're replaying it and ruminating over it in your mind. And even though you had 90% of these other comments that were so amazing, your mind will latch onto that negative one because that negativity bias, our brains just want to know the things that are going to keep us safe and it's going to acknowledge it and it's going to remember it. So hopefully that background and especially understanding your negativity bias will hopefully offer you a little bit more grace so you can practice a little bit more of that sense of compassion with yourself. And if you ever struggle with especially bringing that compassion to yourself, one thing that I also recommend doing is ask yourself, what would I tell a friend in this situation? What would I say to them? What would I do to them? Because chances are, you would probably give them so much amazing advice and so much loving support. And when we just use that perspective shift of thinking about someone else that we love in that situation, it's so much easier for us to separate our inner critic, to put that inner critic aside, and to bring that loving, compassionate self within us forward. So we've already gone over the importance of setting an intention. You've met your inner critic. You have learned how to practice a little bit more compassion towards your inner critic and yourself. And the last thing i want to share with you today is how to move forward, even with your inner critic inside of you, because chances are, if you're like someone like me, who's really high achieving, who always sets really high goals for themselves, I had a really hard time letting go of my inner critic because it was my source of motivation. And one thing that I really offer that I found to be really supportive is to envision your future self. It's that version of yourself that's maybe one, three, five years from now. And ask yourself, what has this person accomplished that I want to accomplish right now? And when you can envision that person, the next thing to ask yourself is what are the daily habits that they're currently practicing? What do they do first thing in the morning? How are they taking care of themselves? How are they speaking to themselves? Another thing you can even ask is, what are other people saying about this particular person? And I love doing this exercise because I found it to be a much more empowering, much more inspiring way to be motivated and to get things done. So let's say, for example, um, a couple months ago, I remember I was waking up for a Pilates class. It was at 6 a.m. I'm waking up at 5.30 and I'm just sitting there and I'm like, oh, I want to cancel class. I don't want to go. And I ask myself, would my future self be canceling class right now? And just that one little question was that reminder of like, you know what? Nope, we're getting our butt out of bed and we're going to go and take that Pilates class. Even when, for example, I love eating chocolate. I absolutely love chocolate. And so one of my intentions this year is to be a little bit more mindful of how much chocolate I'm eating. And so the other day, I was about to go get another piece of chocolate. And I asked myself, would my future self be having more chocolate? And just that one little question for me, at least, was that reminder of, you know what? Nope, I'm good. I don't need any more. Thanks for that reminder. And so, finding a way to make it almost silly, almost playful, is a really supportive way to find that motivation moving forward. So, as a quick recap for today, we've gone over the power of setting your intention, we've met your inner critic, we've given it a name and a label. You've learned the importance of practicing compassion towards your inner critic and yourself. And we've also met our future self. There are so many different tools that may resonate, and some of these may have resonated today, some of them may have not, and that's totally okay. If you want to learn a little bit more about how to tame your inner critic, I've created a five day course that goes over all the different tools and different exercises that you can utilize to help support taming that voice within your mind there are five different days that are available and there is also a workbook that's included that contains different exercises different journal prompts because there's one thing about knowing something and about understanding your inner critic But it's a whole different thing to actually integrate and implement these practices by going through different exercises, by going through different journal prompts to really investigate deeper in your mind that'll help you really tame that voice within your head. So if you want to have access to this course, I do offer a 20% off discount for everyone who's a listener to this podcast. I'll include the link to the show notes, but you can just use the code Let's Thrive and this course is such a powerful way to learn how to tame that voice within your own head, to build a little bit more confidence within yourself, and to also lead with much more compassion, much more grace, but also make sure that you go get shit done. I will actually be retaking this course myself as well, starting today, so if you wanna join me, go ahead and sign up. You can reach out to me on LinkedIn, you can message me on Instagram, and I'm here to be your accountability buddy to make sure that you're also getting this work done as well. I've recently revamped the course so it's on a brand new platform. There are new exercises, new journal prompts, there's a new updated workbook, the modules have also had some updates as well, and this course has so much valuable information in it, to help you get that inner critic tamed and to help lead with a little bit more compassion, more confidence moving forward. Thank you so much for being here. I hope you have an amazing rest of your week and I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. I am so grateful that you are here and that you are a part of this community. If you love the Let's Start Thriving podcast, we'd really appreciate if you could leave a five-star review on iTunes or Spotify or whichever other podcasting platform you're listening on. I would love to hear all the wins that you're having, the lessons that you're learning, the challenges that you are overcoming. So I'd love to connect, whether it's on Instagram at MindBodyJulia or through my website, MindBodyJulia.com. Thank you so much. Have a beautiful rest of your day and always remember that you are worthy, you are loved, you are enough, and you are so, so capable. See you next time.